Confessions of a Crappy Christian is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids, and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. chatting with Allie Worthington, and we're talking about her new book, Standing Strong, but more specifically about how women can break free from the lies and the doubt that hold them back from pursuing God's call on their life. We talk about leaning into confidence in Christ and following His leading, and y'all know that this whole topic is right up my alley. We both got so fired up about this conversation, and I hope that it is an encouragement to you to throw off the things that hinder you and get after what God has for you. Allie, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Well, thank you. I'm thrilled to be on the show. Thanks for having me. So what's really exciting is that you have a new project along with all of the other incredible things that you're already doing. And so I am so excited to talk about your newest project, which is your book, Standing Strong. So I would love it if you would tell us just a little bit about yourself and about Standing Strong. Sure. I am a wife to one person and a mom to five boys. I feel like that's my big claim to fame. We all live (laughs) Just north of Nashville with a rescue dog. I'm a speaker and an author and a business coach. I also run a community with my good friend Lisa called Called Creatives, where we train women who feel the calling to write and speak for the glory of God. And I'm pretty much a serial entrepreneur. I love <laughs> to start new things because I fell in love with the internet about 12 years ago and how women could learn and build anything they wanted to do. And I haven't looked back ever since I discovered how fun building things could be. I love that. The serial entrepreneur. The internet is just such a great place for that. It is. You it know, is you... It's a playground. It, even when like we're stuck at home with lots of babies, they take oh, yes. We can stay up late and learn things and build things. It's so fun. It is. It's so fun. And so the newest venture oh, is yes. Standing Strong. So mm-hmm. tell me about that. <laughs> It is book number four for me. It is my favorite book. It is, gosh, I'm super excited to get it out in the world. It is really a love letter to women. It, I spent years and years and years because my, my day job is a business coach and talk to women and help them build their dreams and kind of navigate what God is calling them to do. And I've seen for years this, this thread through women's lives that God is calling them to something new. And there's this idea that we all have, you know, a purpose and we're trying to figure out our purpose. And what if we miss our purpose? And ah, we can't figure out what he's saying. And one of the things that I wanted to teach with this book is our purpose is singular. That's we decide if we are going to accept Christ or not, period. That's our purpose. That's our purpose in life. 
but our calling looks different in every season. My calling when I was in college or a young wife or you know, raising little tiny babies or right now, it's different. I'm called to do different things because God's putting different things in front of me and in front of my hands. Sure, I'm still a wife. I'm still a mom. I'm still doing those things. But our calling changes in each season depending on what's going on in our life. And I think once women go, oh, I haven't missed my calling. I haven't missed my chance. I'm not too young or too old. I'm right where God has me. And I know that I can, I can identify what he has for me because he's going to put it in front of my hands. And when I was praying about, okay, Lord, what's this next book going to be? He normally will give me a word or two, and then I kind of unwrap that and figure it out. And he really gave me something kind of annoying at first. He, <laughs> he gave me this one phrase, and it's great woman of God. And that comes from a prayer. My mom used to pray over me when I was little. She would pray that I would grow to be a great woman of God, strong in my faith, and fearless as I face the future. And I thought, well, that's dumb. And then I went back a few months later, and I was like, hey, Lord, it's time to write a book. What's the next one about? And he said, I already told you. And so I spent about six months going, okay, what is this message that you have for women right now? And of course, I didn't know we were going into the hardest season of our lives with COVID. I didn't know what women were going to be facing. But I knew just through a lot of prayer and kind of wrestling through what in the world is this message, what the Lord wanted was a love letter to women, telling them who they were in him, where we get stuck, where we kind of get held back, and then how to move forward with confidence. Because there's a lot of dangerous messages out there right now that if we aren't careful and we aren't mindful about, they can take us out. Absolutely. Well, and I want to backtrack to something you said a little bit while you were talking about the book that there are so many women that think that they are missing it. Mm-hmm. That this right now, right here, right now is when I have to be killing it or yes. else I'm going to, it's going to pass me by. And last week I got to interview Lori Allen, who is the star of Say Yes to the Dress Atlanta. Uh-huh. And she did, her career did not take off until she was 50. Mm-hmm. That was when Say Yes to the Dress started. And she had been working and building and you know, doing the mom and the entrepreneur thing her most of her life. But it was such an incredible conversation to talk to this woman. She's in her mid-60s and she's super open about that. I'm not like just yeah. throwing her age around, <laughs> but she that she was saying exactly what you're saying. That this women are so convinced that, oh, I'm 25. I have to be doing all of these things that I feel called to do. And she was like, I was I the say yes to the dress contract didn't come through until I was 50, you know, and and all of these things that I had done before were a part of it, but not, that didn't mean that they weren't a part of the calling, that they weren't important. It was just all leading to, and I have absolutely, I mean, I'm 31 and I have done that where you're 28 years old and you feel like God, you have a calling on your life. And so you think that you have to do it right now. Oh yeah, and, and you're not and successful. And I'm sure you, just like everyone else, has felt with felt dealt with the feelings of I'm too late. Now I'll tell you, I'm 43. Yeah. When I was 31, I was a stay-home mom to my little boys. The youngest was about four weeks old. My husband had lost his job. We lost our home. We ran through our savings. We lost our home to foreclosure. We lost everything we owned except what fit into two small pod storage units. And we lived with my grandfather for a summer. While my husband applied for new jobs, we would drive to McDonald's Playland every day. The kids would play. 
he would apply for jobs and I would Google, how do you make income? How do you make money on the internet? And that's what made me fall in love with building things. And if I had believed the lie at 31 that I had missed my chance or I should be killing it at 23 or 25, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. But exactly. in, in my 20s, my calling was stay home mom, take care of my kids. In my 30s, it was building. Now that I'm in my 40s, my calling is to take everything I've learned and teach other women how to do it. But if we believe that lie that we need to be our life needs to look a certain way. We need to be on a certain timetable or we're going to miss it. We're never going to be open to what God has. It's not like he's this football player coach. You know, he's this football coach and he's hiding his, his mouth with a paper, with a clipboard. And like, we can't right. see the, the plays that he's calling. Like he's going to make it obvious what we're supposed to do in life if we pay attention. Mm -hmm. And if we trust him. Too, you yeah. know, if we're not grabbing at every straw that comes our way, which, and you, like you said, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording that we are living in such a time where women really can do so many things from sitting in a chair, nursing their child, they can be running a business and, mm -hmm. and that's such a gift, but it can be, it can, there's a dark side to that, especially the message I think that's coming out, which is the the self-empowerment, the, you know, the hustle, the personal development. There's so much good to be found in growing and learning and, and being educated. But the, that message has such a dark underbelly. And I know in Standing Strong specifically, you kind of put self-empowerment up against, I think, what people would consider its opposite, which is doubt or yeah. self-doubt. You know, I think people would consider those two ends of the spectrum. But when you talk about them, I know you talk about them as kind of being equally crippling, that empowerment can be as crippling as doubt. And so I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, there is this message right now that's really all over our culture. It's not dependent on if we're women of faith or not. It is just everywhere. This is the you go girl, you get what's yours, you hustle for it, you're in charge of yourself, you don't apologize, you make ultimatums for people, you make people live up by your own rules. And it sounds good. It looks good on Instagram. It feels good for a little while. But the problem is it's empty. And it leads to damage in our relationships and in our families because that's not how we were created to live. And when women buy this, this lie, hook, line, and sinker, what happens is they're setting themselves up for failure because the one way we're successful in life is when we partner with God, when we lean into Him for wisdom, we lean into Him for counsel, we lean into Him for strength. And if we aren't leaning into Him in everything we do, we're destined for, to, for failure because we don't have the true source of power. So what happens in this situation is women are like, okay, pulling myself up by the bootstraps. Here I go. You know, I'm making all my decisions. And when failure happens, they don't realize that they've ultimately not been successful because uh, they were sold a lie. Mm -hmm. They blame themselves. Mm -hmm. And so it sets yep. women up to not be successful and even worse than that, to blame themselves when, when they weren't set up for success in the first place. So yes, self-doubt holds women back because we play small, we don't step out, we, we confuse humility with um, obeying God. We confuse humility with playing small. That holds us back. But I think this, 
very humanistic, worldly, you go girl, you've got this message that leaves Jesus out is equally damaging to women right now. Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's the kicker that leaving Jesus out. Mm -hmm. And thankfully there are really incredible voices in this space like you and like Lisa and like so many others, Lisa Whittle. I love that I'm throwing that (laughs) around. Like she's just like my bestie, but that are encouraging and, and educating and equipping women to have that. I can go get this mentality with the truth and with Jesus, because what I love is watching y'all do this and exactly what you said, that they confuse humility with playing small. And I did that for so long. It's that, oh, I love Jesus. I need to be a meek little church mouse. (laughs) And there's nothing. Oh, girl, you want to hear a funny story? When I was a, I was probably married a year. And I got a book about how to be a good Christian wife. And so I changed everything about myself. And my mm. husband would come home from work and, and pretty soon he started like picking fights with me and we never fought. So I was like, why are you, why are you picking fights with me? I don't understand. He said, you've just been so boring all week. Like, <gasps> just need some personality out of you. And I was like, I'm trying to be a good Christian wife. And he said, stop it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So there have definitely been times when I have said to my husband that, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not more quiet or, you know, whatever. And he's always like, girl, I knew when I was marrying, like I married you on purpose. You were, this is not new news. Like you've always been this way, but it's, it's, it's this form of good Christian wife, woman, mother, whatever you, you know, whatever you want to put there that you literally read it in a book. So we're not making this up that yeah. this, this message exists. And we equate that with I, my best friend is a stay at home mom with no interest in doing anything else. She mm-hmm. homeschools. She is freaking superwoman. She's amazing. And she is more passive and quiet and wonderful. She's wonderful, but she is that way because God made her that way. She's not right. trying to be something that she's not. Yeah. If I tried to be Audrey, it would be a sham. <laughs> like it would be your husband be would a pick fights with you. He'd want a little personality. Exactly. But yeah. He'd be like, come on, where'd you go? You know? <laughs> so like we're talking about, you know, the biggest thing I think that holds women back. And I know you talk about this in the book as well, is just not including God in this journey yeah. and letting people dictate what this needs to look like on both sides. You either can go the direction of becoming something that you're not that become, you know, plays small, or you can go the direction that becomes really like rude and not considerate or mm-hmm. fun to be friends with or doing life with. And so what holds us back is not including God and kind of by proxy, not knowing what God says about us. Right. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on how that, how not knowing, you know, who we are and whose we are, how that cripples us. Oh, a hundred percent. And for years, you know, you hear women today call themselves or other women um, and community daughters of God, but they never really explain what that means. Right. And so we go, Oh, we're daughters of God. But then we still struggle, but but what does that actually mean? And if you look at scripture, you know that we're valuable. It means that nothing we can do today is going to take away our value. We're valuable because God says we are. You know, we are chosen by him. We're forgiven. Um, we are strong. He has given us the ability to survive anything that comes our way. Even when we feel weak or over- overwhelmed, we're stronger than we think. 
And when you kind of dive in and go back to Genesis in the Garden of Eden, we're not going to talk about the apple. We all know what happened with the apple. (laughs) But Eve was created as a helper corresponding to him, right? In Hebrew, this word is azer konegdo. Azer means helper. Konegdo means opposition or opposite. Now, it doesn't mean opposition like disharmony. It means opposition like balance or support. So if you think of two things that are complementing each other, balancing each other, and opposing each other, you can think of, imagine two beams or planks. If you stand one up alone, it's going to fall over. But if you add another plank and lean it against the other one leaning into it, that's going to support it. The mm-hmm. second plank, the weight of the first, they're going to hold each other up. It's kind of like a bike has two wheels, an airplane has two wings. They're opposing each other. And once I understood that, that it's not a helper corresponding to him, it's a helper in opposition of equal weight and equal value. And then I studied more in the Hebrew, and Azer is used 21 times in the Bible for this specific um, term. It's used to describe women, but it's also used to describe God as Israel's helper. Azer is used 16 of those 21 times for God, and the term is one of military defense and protection. So when David says, my help comes from the Lord, the word he is using is Azer, the same one that describes a woman. When God is identified as Israel's help and shield, the word that he uses is Azer. We're not talking about a helper in the sense of picking up somebody's socks or serving your boss coffee. We're talking about someone that's strong. And that's the truth about women. We are valuable. We are chosen. We are forgiven. We are strong. And when we walk in that, that God gave us strength and vision and the ability to oppose, not out of disharmony, but to oppose to build up, it really changes our perspective on ourselves. I mean, it's no accident that he gave women the job of having children. That's not easy. Mm -hmm. Women are the ones that hold everything up. We're also the ones that we don't complain when we're up all night. We don't complain when, sure, we have to walk for three miles and the baby won't walk on its own, so we carry them the whole way. Like, that's what women do. And I, I write about this in the book. When, when I saw Wonder Woman the first time, have you mm-hmm. seen Wonder Woman? Uh-huh. We get to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm loving the movie. It's great. I love superhero movies. So I knew I'd love Wonder Woman. But when she gets to the part where she crosses no man's land, I watched in the theater and shocked myself because I started weeping as she's crossing no man's land and she puts down her shield and she takes all the enemy's fire so everyone can cross no man's land and they can go free the town. And I had this moment realizing that's what women do. Oh, I have like full body chills right now. Women walk through hell and take all the fire to protect the people that they love. We are all as women doing this every day. And guess what? We don't give ourselves any credit for it. God put women on this earth as a force for change and a force for good. And I didn't know it when I was writing this book, this book with like this nebulous job he gave me, great woman of God. I didn't know we were walking into a pandemic. I didn't know that women had to be stronger in this season than they've ever been in their whole lives, but God did. And I think that God has a message for women of this generation alive right now, going through what we're going through with COVID, with all of the fear and all the difficulty that he has a great purpose for us all in the middle of this because 
God cares about everything. He cares about whether our job is taking care of little kids at home or our job as an accountant or our job is, you know, fostering children, whatever it is, he cares about it and he partners with us to bring his purposes to the earth. And it's never been more important than it is right now in the season that we all find ourselves in. That imagery of Wonder Woman and No Man's Land is so good because that is, and that, when that truth, when knowing that God created women for exactly this, to be a helpmate, to be the help that comes in the defense in war, Mm -hmm. when that's what's empowering your efforts and not hustle culture mentality, not I'm going to go make that dollar, not I'm going to get to the top of the pyramid when it's, I believe that this is what God has created me for. And this is just, I think, a necessary caveat. It doesn't have to look like being a speaker or a podcaster or a writer. You know, that's whatever you feel like that is, interior design Mm -hmm. or accounting, teaching, accounting, nonprofit, being a teacher, whatever it is. Yeah, it's, it is really important to the Lord. I mean, I think about, you know, what's the definition of a great woman of God? And, you know, no woman is going, oh, that's me. But a great woman of God is, it's not what we do, it's what God does through us. And that great woman of God may be, like I said, maybe she's fostering a child. Maybe she's mentoring somebody that's going through a difficult time. Maybe she's breaking unhealthy patterns that have been in her family for generations. What? What's more important and harder to do than that? You know, this is the work that God gives us. It's the work that he gives us in each season. And it is, it's him working through us to let us do his purposes on the earth. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now a message from a network supporter. Pro Extra is the Home Depot's free loyalty program built for pros. Members earn perks just for shopping, like new Pro Extra dollars or tool rental perks. Get exclusive benefits every day that save time and money. And here's an extra extra, $20 off your next in-store purchase of $200 or more, just for signing up. Want to save? Join Pro Extra only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Visit the Pro Desk in-store or at homedepot.com slash proextra for details. Okay, if you are a creative or a small business owner or you're in direct sales, you need to listen up because my course, Run Your Race, opens for registration on January 19th. The course only opens three times a year, so you're not going to want to miss it. And it is essentially a five-hour brain dump of all of the things that I have learned, the things that I have done wrong and had to learn how to do correctly to go from where I started two years ago to where I am today, being able to quit my full-time job and do this full-time. But it is all from a scripturally-based, non-hustle, non-self-centric Place and it is teaching you to use your gifts to the glory of God and to run your race well. So if you are interested, if you want more information, you can head to crappychristianco.com slash course. It's also linked in the show description and you can get on the wait list. You can find out about the free masterclass. You can learn about the new optional affiliate marketing bonus module. All the things live there. Crappychristianco.com slash course course. So what 
is one of the more surprising things or secrets or whatever you want to call it to walking in that confidence Mm -hmm. that you found? Well, to some degree, every woman has to work to get out of her own way Mm. because we get in our own way. We tell ourselves the story that we can't do things. We're not cut out for it. We're not smart enough. We're not thin enough. We're not young enough. We're not old enough. We're not well connected. I mean, whatever it is. And to some degree, we have to continually go, wait a minute. These thoughts that I'm thinking about myself, is this, are these from the Lord? Or is this me trying to get in the way of what he wants me to do? That's really Mm. important. And for us to kind of live with a God-given confidence, not in ourselves, but in God who works in us and through us, we have to realize that confidence isn't something that we're born with. I mean, very often we feel like confidence looks like, you know, like <laughs> like you have curly hair or you have brown eyes or you have a third right. nipple or whatever it is. Like you're <laughs> either born with it or not. But confidence doesn't work that way. Confidence isn't something that we either have or we don't, it's something that's built. It's a skill that has to be built up over time by taking action. It's like when you're a little girl and you're first learning to ride a bike, you start on a tricycle and then you have training wheels and then they fall off and then you get brave and you ride a big girl bike and you wreck a few times, but all of a sudden you're a bike rider. Well, we weren't good at it at the beginning. We had skinned knees, we had trouble, it was difficult. Confidence only comes when we're willing to look foolish and feel uncomfortable and take that first step. I mean, I think about, you know, imagine what would have happened if the paralytics four friends, if they hadn't dug through the roof to get to Jesus. Right. Or the woman that reached out to the hem of his robe to be healed. I mean, what if she hadn't had confidence in the Lord and, and just made an effort? And I think about, all of the people in scripture who took one really scary, intentional step. And that's really what we can do too. Whatever it is that we want to do, we can start by saying one prayer. We can take a lap around a track. We can read one chapter in the Bible. We can, we can say we're sorry to one person. You know, we can send a text. We can make a sale in our business or write a paragraph, whatever it is. Our confidence will only come after we start taking action, sitting around and thinking about it, sitting around and questioning it, that won't build it. But if we take action after action, just like riding a bike, it will come. Amen. I want to go back to a word that you just said, which was embarrassment. Mm -hmm. Because the more conversations I have with women who are wanting to get started or wanting to do something, I'm shocked by how much that word comes up. That they're afraid of being embarrassed. They're afraid of people... Like, who do you, you know, more like their actual friends being like, who do you think you are? Like, what are you doing? What do you have like a little nugget for women who that is what's holding them back? Yeah, it's uh, it, it makes me think of, gosh, this was, I was 21 years old, maybe 22. I don't remember how it was. I was young 20s, young mom. It was 2001. I was living in Memphis, Tennessee, and I met one of my good friends, Rachel. We met at a Chick-fil-A playland. And I said, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom, but I have this idea. I feel like I'm supposed to help people on the internet one day. Mm -hmm. Now, the internet in 2001, if you don't know, 
it's not very robust. It was like some right. shopping and some new sites. And I don't even know if MySpace was a thing. I don't know. <laughs> was LiveJournal around? Yeah, yet. yeah. And she kind of <laughs> looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, I don't know what that looks like, but that's kind of that's kind of maybe what, what will happen one day. Like, I think that we get these little nuggets and these little downloads and we can keep them in our hearts. And when the time is right, it happens. And what happens when the time is right to start taking action on it is we go, Oh, what will my friends think? Um, what if they, what if they say, who do you think you are? Here's the thing. If God has called you to do something and you let your snarky neighbor or best friends comment, keep you from it. Is it worth living in disobedience? Ooh. That's just real talk. Yep. Are That's, people, yeah. are, are people going to necessarily understand what you're doing? Are they going to, accuse you of being difficult or being selfish because you're spending your time differently? Maybe, but mm -hmm. that's real talk. That mm -hmm. isn't. And we can't say, you know what? I'm not going to go after this thing that God has put in my heart. One of my friends texted me and she said, I know it sounds crazy. I know it's a crazy time, but we're thinking about adopting again. And you know, my response is that's amazing. Follow what God's telling you to do. If you have friends who are going to be snarky or bitter or selfish about you because you're spending your time differently. Well, that's something to keep in mind. That's on them. Mm -hmm. It's not on you. We have to obey where we think God is leading us, period. There's no easy way around it. I wish I could no. get something more flowery and kind. No, I think that <laughs> that's exactly what people need to hear because they yeah. think a lot of the time in the case of embarrassment, we or, or fear, that sense of fear, that kind of fear, we can kind of tend to tiptoe and I don't want to use the word coddle, but almost coddle it like, yeah, no, like it's going to be okay. And here's some ways to push through it. When in reality, what I think what a, a lot of women need to hear is, Okay, I mean, if you want to choose disobedience, that's on you. Like, I mean, I mean, you might as well just rip off that Band-Aid and let a friend say something obnoxious. You're obeying God. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a source of confidence, unlike hmm, anything else, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had God tell me to do some really crazy things in my life. And, I can, and people who really love me, even my mom at one point, she came to visit me once. We were driving to Target. And I was actually crying because I was scared about what I felt like God was calling me to do. And she was like, baby, are you sure you really heard God say mm. that? She wasn't trying to be, you know, funny about it, but she was really worried about me because I was making a massive career change at mm -hmm. obeying God. And I looked at her and I, I was crying because I didn't want to have to do it, mind you. It didn't feel good at the time. And I said, I absolutely know for sure it's what he wants. And that's a confidence we can't get by trying to placate other people. The most amazing thing about this book, the people who've read it early, I keep hearing back from them. There's so much that I, I thought God was saying, but he's used this book to confirm what he has been saying to me in my heart. And I think, I, I don't know as an author if there's anything better I could ever have, no. that this could be a mm -hmm. tool that God could confirm some things for women that they were like, I thought I heard it. But now I know I heard it. And that really excites me because, like I said before, I think God has great plans for women in this generation, even in the midst of all of this heartache and struggle that we find ourselves in right now. Yeah, I think that is that is the highest praise for a book is God used this to push me forward. God used this to confirm. I mean, yeah. that's 
That's amazing. Because because honestly, we're living in scary days. We're living in a season right now where it's very easy for women to put their dreams on the shelf because yes. the immediate difficulties are hard. The struggles are hard. Um, and sometimes when everything around us looks like we're never going to get to that dream that God has put in our hearts, we have to realize that we can keep pushing forward. Maybe we're just not going to push forward as fast as we could if we're not in the middle of this mess. But a lot of things are getting canceled this year. God's future for you, the dreams that God's put in your heart, those aren't going to get canceled by COVID. Nope. It's not like nope. God's up in heaven. Like I had so many great plans for her and her family, <laughs> but then oh, COVID-19 happened. <laughs> Who saw that coming? God's got it. It, yep. it kind of sucks right now for a lot of people, but we are going to get through this and we are going to get to the other side of this and we are going to be stronger than we were when we went in. Oh, tell them. That's so good. The, so this is my, this is my closing question. Mm. If you could tell women to do one thing to help them achieve their dreams, whatever mm. it is, like we said, all the dreams are welcome here. If you could tell them to do one thing, what would it be? Hmm. I would tell everyone to stop telling God what we can't do. Mm. Stop telling God why you're not good enough. Stop telling God no through your actions. Stop telling God what you can't do because that's what women do every day. He, he gives us a little vision, gives us a little nudge. He inspires us and we will either verbally tell him no, mm -hmm. or we'll tell him why it's, Oh, it's not me, Lord. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Or we'll just tell him no through our actions by not obeying him or not. You know, sometimes he'll give us a little idea and it's just a little thread for us to pull. And maybe we're pulling that thread for, I mean, gosh, before I started my business, um, I, I was pulling that thread for 15 years because he gave me that idea so long ago. Right. Um, sometimes we just pull that thread for a little while, but he gives us a little glimpse of what he has for us. And if we keep telling him no out of fear, it doesn't change the fact that it's still disobedience. Mm. And on the other side of our obedience to him is always blessing. And sometimes people hear blessing and they think like we're going to win the lottery. Blessing is <laughs> so much more than that. Blessing is where we find peace and blessing is where we, we are able that we know to live the life that God has for us. So continually saying no to him, whether it's verbally or with our actions, is just living in disobedience. It makes me think of Moses. Yes. How Moses was all, eh, I'm not, no, I'm not the dude. This, mm -hmm. this isn't me. Did you and notice the, I have a stunner? <laughs> yeah. Did you, do you know who you're talking to? And that ultimately he ended up doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can skip all the hemming and hawing and I don't know and doubt and just jump into what God's calling you to and believing that he knows better than you and that he uses people who stutter and struggle and sin and and don't yeah. know the way I mean, guess all the what? time. We're all a mess behind the scenes. Nobody escapes exactly. that. Yeah. No. Mm -mm. Yeah, there's there is no qualifier. The qualifier is you've trusted God with your life. You believe that that Jesus paid the ultimate price. Okay, cool. Like you're in. Let's you're in. figure yeah. out where we're going to go with that. And yeah, that was just the when you said that, when you said, you know, stop telling God what you can't do. There are so many people in scripture who did just that. Oh yeah, because it's be a natural our human lesson. response. Yeah. Right. 
right? That we can look at and say, we, you can look back and look at Moses and be like, okay, well, he did what I'm doing and he ended up doing it anyway. So why don't I just skip that part and <laughs> get to the good stuff? That's so good. So Allie, I love this conversation. I think that this is going to be so life-giving for so many women, especially like we said so many times, just in a really difficult season. I'm so excited for your book to get into people's hands. I would love for you to tell everyone where they can find you and follow along with all of your your serial entrepreneurship (laughs) and then also where they can get a hold of Standing Strong. Sure. I'm Allie Worthington. So my website's Allie Worthington. I hang out on Instagram every day, Allie Worthington. I have the Allie Worthington Show, a podcast, and Standing Strong is available wherever books are sold. And I would love for you to get it. And then I would love to hear from you to let me know um, how God spoke to you through it. I think that would be amazing. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Allie. Oh, thank you. It was great to be here with you. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change, like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mmm. I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.